getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus, I'm your host. Today I'm joined by old man Fergus Normal, Big Steve and uh, Tony. Um, we will very, very, very briefly touch back on our last Premier League game against West Ham. We're going to look at um, more in the Guna debate about like football and when football comes back and social media. And we are also going to look ahead to tonight's game against uh, Liverpool. Um, hope you enjoy the show. If you like it, click on the subscribe button on YouTube or join us on Facebook or wherever else you're watching us. And also you can join in the chat. Um, Tony is incognito. He's pretending he's uh, one of these... People have been interviewed after being raped or something like that. So he's got the light behind him. Uh, so we can't see his face properly. Um, so we haven't altered his voice. This is his real voice. Tony, how are you doing? I'm all good, boys. I'm all good. You Yourself? Yeah, very good. Very good. It'd be nice to see you one day. But I know you, you, you've got a, oh. like a profile to keep up, don't you? Yeah, it is. It's all right. He's got a face for radio anyway, and he? so it won't hurt to keep him in the dark. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll work well on the, on the audio, very well, uh, very well recovered. Yeah. So. <laughs> Steve, you're back down in Thanet. Have you bumped into yeah. Janet and Thanet? I haven't. Um, I've not bumped into not anyone. I'm, uh, I'm I'm isolating for, for 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 a couple of weeks. I've got surgery on the 16th. Fingers crossed that goes ahead. So. Um, you know, with a bit of luck in six months' time, I'll be putting not so big Steve <laughs> as me uh, as me Twitter handle. Um, You'll always um, be big. You no, know, I'm good. I'm yeah. No matter how, <laughs> Back how home, I've got, you get. <laughs> I've got me uh, I've got me calendar there for uh, for Scunny's mate <laughs> Kieran, I think it is. Got me uh, got me poster. Got me Invincibles and me debatable half and half scarves behind me now. Yeah, so. you're half and half Sunderland <laughs> scarf. We know that. And we know the reason. As long as you don't show us the photo, we're happy with that. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't even that scarf. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's the photo that done us. Um, Trev, uh, when, when you're free, do you want to say hello to the people? You know? Yeah. Oh, we started already. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Good to be here again. <laughs> Looking forward to the game tonight. I'm just going to say a quick hello to Florence and Jemima. Granddad loves you. They're watching me. Um, really looking forward to, the, to this chat. We've got loads to talk about. Looking forward to the game tonight. Can't see us losing. Cannot see us losing tonight. Really confident. Really up for it. Come on, Fergus. Move it on, son. Don't be your usual slow self tonight. Don't be I'm boring, not gonna Fergus. Be, I'm not going to do it, Trevor. I'm not set back in the 19th century like you. We have got lots to cover. We are going to look at the West Ham game very, very briefly. Back up. Um, uh, the West Ham get, uh, get on the right page um, Mikel Arteta said it gave him nightmares watching that game we came from 3-0 down uh, to get a 3-3 draw against um, fifth place at the time Premier League uh, fifth place West Ham uh, they scored five goals we scored one uh, and we still came away with a point Tony um, West Ham failed to win um, after being three goals ahead in the Premier League game for the first time since September 1998, which was a 4-3 defeat against Wimbledon. What did you make of the game overall? Perfectly summed up was uh, was the good, the bad and the ugly. It, um, it just typified everything about Arsenal this season. Um, you know, there was bad, bad moments. Um, defending was ugly at times. And then obviously you see the, the second half, which I actually thought we should have gone on and won the game. Um, 
it just typified everything about Arsenal. Shows you where we are as a football club right now. Um, there's a lot of plus points. There's a lot of uh, points that we still need to work on and improve if we to get back to where we want to be, i.e. top four, challenging for major honours. Um, and it also was, um, you know, showed us there's still a lot, of, a lot of work to do for Mikel Arteta um, and the players, the players on show. Um, yeah, listen, it's Arsenal Football Club and it's been Arsenal this season pretty much every game. Um, we need to start being more ruthless, more consistent. Um, the first 30, 30 minutes of that game was probably as shambolic and as embarrassing as, as I've seen for a long while at Arsenal. Um, we've had some we've had some bad periods and some bad performances, but I thought that fir- first 30 minutes was, was dreadful. It was embarrassing, um, shambolic. Um, and it wasn't just one or two players. It was the majority, if I'm honest. It was virtually every single one of them. Um, and then, you know what? Going in at half-time, we should have gone in at 3-2. We had uh, Lacazette through the deflected goal, pulled one back. And then Saka had two great chances. I actually thought the the, the, the snapshot in the box was harder than the, the, the sort of one-on-one because he had a time to bring it down and, and, and place it in the, in the bottom uh, or the keeper's right-hand corner. Um, he's finishing there. He's got to improve. And in the second half, it, it was brilliant at times. It was superb. I mean, West Ham still had chances to score one or two goals. It definitely was a game of two halves. It definitely was... Uh, you know, uh, such a yin and yang performance. Steve, West Ham are the first team to score two own goals in a si- uh, single Premier League game since Swansea did in 2017, uh, which is also against uh, Arsenal. What did you make of the game? Just a, a sentence or two about the game because it's two weeks ago. We've had the boring yeah. international break. <laughs> um, yeah, we we didn't do what typical Arsenal of the last few years did um, completely capitulate. We did fight back. We fought back well. I was overconfident going into the game. My dad's a West Ham fan, my uncle, my cousin. So I was, uh, I was pretty Larry before the game and <laughs> soon, soon went hiding and then, you know, managed to come out and give them the banter that they deserve for bottling a three nil lead. Um, yeah. Tony summed it up, you know, good, bad and the ugly. There was a lot of plus points and a lot of negatives, but we come away with the point. So, Ultimately, I think that's you know it was well deserved. I think, in the and a, a, a very uh, much more slimmed down, trimmed down, beardless, virtually Trev, uh, West Ham. Uh, West Ham. Um, have uh, uh, they've gone from a three-goal lead three times Come this on, season? Get on with it. <laughs> come from a three-goal lead three times this season uh, to end up uh, drawing 3-3 with Arsenal. Did you feel that that um, 3-3 draw, like uh, Potsy, when we'd done the predictions, predicted a 1-1 draw, uh, and I asked him the question, but w- would a 1-1 be a good result considering we're playing fifth versus tenth? Did you feel it was a good result against um, West Ham? No, not in the slightest. Because like Tony said, we showed w- we were complete shambles at the start of the game and 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 all through the second half we showed what a class act we can be when when we when we turn it on and we start playing like the arsenal we know we can be so no it it didn't feel like a good result so i I noticed quite a bit on social media people saying coming back for three nil down it felt like a win i can't understand that feeling i can't understand it but that weren't for me no no it was it was it was two points dropped rather than a point gained even though we came back for three nil down because if we started the game and played consistently for the 90 minutes as we did in 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 the second half, 
We win the game easy. We win the game comfortably. It, even, even, even being three 0 down. If we start putting our chances away, like Arteta said, we're creating enough chances to win every game. We just don't need to be putting them away. Even though we were three 0 down, we convert all the chances that we made when we play well. We win the game five three. So no, it didn't, didn't feel like a point gained. It was two points lost for Fergus. For me, <laughs> Trev, just touching upon what you've just said there, we are literally in 90% of games, we're our own worst enemies. We literally oh, yeah. we don't uh, get beat by other teams, we get beat by ourselves. And whether that's complacency, arrogance, I don't know. But we seem to always, you know, shoot ourselves in the foot. And surely there's a comes a time when you think, you know what, you've got to start learning, eh? You've got to start developing, you've got to start the mindset's got to start working differently. These players ain't a lot of these players ain't kids anymore, they're experienced players. There comes a point when you need a leader. You need captains there to, 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 to you know, to steer you in the in the right direction. Mm. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I t- totally agree. And to be honest, that game finishing up on it, it could have been six six. It was just it was just one of those freaky freaky games. A great game for a neutral to watch. Um, a dire first 30, 35 minutes as we as Tony and and, and the other guys have touched on. Uh, in, in in the first half and second half a fantastic performance we just need to have more of those second half performances than we have those first half performances and that's been a consistent theme with Arsenal uh, more or less since the demise of Wenger that we have not played for a full 90 minutes in, Fergus, in, in, Fergus, in many son, games I, I promise this is the only time I'll cut you off mate but, but it is an important point to make and I'd be interested to get the other boys view it's not since the demise of Wenger. It was the demise of Wenger. It was the mm-hmm. it was the cause of Wenger going, mate. I'm sorry, pal, but you got to, it's not. It wasn't no, since it's Wenger. It was. It was. You know. It was Wenger's demise that the inconsistency. We've been on that. We've been on that decline for a number of years, and that's what obviously what Trev's alluding to. We've we've which led to Wenger's um, dismissal at the end. We've been on a slippery slope, and we we haven't seemed to put a stop to it, which is why we're now in a position we're in, in the league table, in the cup competitions, etc. There comes a time when not just players on the pitch, but all levels of the football club, you know, we need to start thinking differently, um, recruitment especially, you know, and we've got to start thinking like a big club again. This this half-hearted nature that we seem to have from top to bottom has got to stop. You know, we, we turn up for games, we, we've still got a bit of arrogancy about us as if we're the, the Arsenal of old because we're living off the name. Well, no, we're not living off the name. We've got to live by the here and now. And the here and now is we're ninth in the league. We should be doing better, but we're not. So the players' complacency, arrogance has got to be wiped out. And we've got to have an attitude where where we've got to take what we want. We can't keep saying, oh, you know, we should be Champions League. No, no. N- nothing gets given to you in life. So the Borg, Arteta, Edu, the players need to take what they want. If they want Champions League, they've got to start delivering on a consistent basis. Too many excuses at Arsenal Football Club. And we've been on a decline for years, and it's about time they've got you know the, the, the sort of not not the the rot, but the, the decline was stopped and halted, and we can now move, start moving forward. You know, we've got to start we've got to start believing that we're Arsenal Football Club again, as in the Arsenal Football Club. You know, enough's enough now. This half-hearted approach. You, you've you've you're, you're totally right, Tom. You're totally right in that. It, it has been a long time decline. I love it when you agree and with me, not, Trev. It, it turns me on. Well, make the most of it, son, because it ain't happening again tonight. 
but it's <laughs> it's it has been a slow a slow steady decline. We've gone from winning leagues to being runners up in the league, and then struck getting in the top four, and struggling to get in the top four. Then now we've had a few seasons just squeezing in the Europa League. Now we're going to miss it this season if we're not careful. And it has been a slow, steady decline. But perking it up a bit, Tone, I do think that we've got the man in place that has started to address the decline. You know, we're going to talk about the number seven shirt and who's worn it in the past and who wears it now in a minute. And and, and I think that is part of, of what's going to make us back to, you know, put us back in our rightful place more towards the top of this football league. No, I agree, mate. I agree. Before before we get on to that famous number seven shirt, uh, and we do want to talk about uh, the number seven shirt, we want to talk and commemorate uh, the great David Rocky Rowcastle. Unfortunately, I never got the song play, but that's uh, a, a completely different story. Um, but I know of him, I know his sister, um, and I know how much he meant to the football club and, and, and uh, some of the players. What I'd like to talk about before we do that is... The year that we've had, that we, we've just gone through 12 months of lockdown, 12 months of no football, uh, uh, or not being able to go to football. We've seen football, but the experience that we've had, and, and I've got Steve on probably for a reason as well, because Steve doesn't go to as many games uh, because of his location and he's uni and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, it does. So I, I wanted to get the opinion from... Uh, an armchair fan, as well as our season ticket ho uh, holders and people who go to games, some home, some home and away. Um, looking back at the, how have you watched football? What, what did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? Um, and, you know, Steve, I'll direct this to you first of all. How has it felt as... Um, uh, a, a stay-at-home gooner. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm trying to find a better phrase, but somebody who normally yeah, no, watches football on TV, somebody who normally watches football on TV. How has it felt to you, as somebody who consumes football in that way, without having the fans and and, and, and us there? What, 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 what has it felt as an experience for you? Have you f found that it's been better because there's been more TV, more TV coverage and legal TV coverage in the UK? Have you found it better with the, the fake noise, no noise? Go on. I'll leave it um, to you for a couple of minutes. Well, I mean, it, it's a strange one because I, I finished uni the summer before last. So last season was sort of the season where I was going to try and get games a bit more. I had my red membership. I started off the season um, up at Newcastle away last year. I was I was there for the first game of the season. I was planning on doing a few, uh, you know, a few trips up to the Emirates, and uh, you know, I started work in March, so that was opening the door. And then obviously everything, everything happened. Um, but in terms of watching it on TV, you know, I, I I rarely I rarely miss a game, whether that's a uh, you know a stream online or whether that you know I've got BT Sport I've got access to to SkyGo, um, so the fact that all of the games have been televised has has been good for me because it means I haven't been able to miss it. At times I've you know I've been sat there watching I'm just thinking you know oh, how good would it have been to be in the stadium even if it was a cup game or, um, or you know not not so much you know the bigger games the category B category A because it's normally this you know because of finances it's normally the C games that I'm up at. But um, yeah, the, the fan noise, 
it it hasn't it hasn't bothered me too much apart from when they hit the wrong button <laughs> you know someone's through on goal and they think that it's thinks it's been a goal so you'll get a cheer but it's hit the side netting and then you it just stops instantly things like that i don't like um obviously there's been a big change in in the tv coverage in terms of you know certain pundits being moved on and, and leaving a new pundits coming through the likes of Karen Carney and um oh. Yeah, so so there's been some been some low points um, watching it on TV, but generally as as an armchair fan, and I think that's that's probably the the right term. Um, I, I yeah, I, I mean I've I've en- I've enjoyed being able to consume every every game on the TV because we're not been able to go up, but at the same time I've because sort of my life had turned a corner in terms of finishing uni, getting a job. Mm. I started, you know, I, I was up at Newcastle the first game of the season. I was sort of looking forward to, right, this is the year I'm going to go more. And then it was swept right from underneath me. So I you can't imagine you know what, feel... Steve, it, it, it's a similar position for myself in the sense that um, I, um, I, 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 this is the year that financially and 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 personally everything is brilliant and uh, i was wanted to do more uh, european away and going to, mm. to europe a lot so I, I know exactly where you're coming from tony coming to you for a second um how is how have you found season ticket holder you go to games home away europe we're on the whatsapp group with the away boys and everything else how have you found uh not going uh, how has your match day experience changed? And are there any positives that you can get out of how we've experienced football for this last year? Um, I've missed football. Of course, I have. Like, like most people, we've missed football. But there's an element of, of I've missed the social side more. Um, I've got a good, good group of people we go with and another WhatsApp group. We're very close. We do a lot of stuff together outside of football as well. We, you know, meet up for meals, go for beers, um, down the pub for darts, etc. We, we, you know, we have Christmas dudes. You know, that side of thing is, is is to a majority of us are friends outside of football anyway. But there's a lot of other people that have, have been sort of brought into the Arsenal family because of because of Arsenal. Now we've we've developed a really close bond over over recent seasons. And we've all said as much as we're missing football, we're missing the social side as well. Um, it's a big, big part of football because imagine going to football on your own every single week. I don't care who you are. You might enjoy football. Yeah, fair enough. But it's not the same as if you go with a big group or you go with friends because you're experiencing the highs and lows together as a football family. I, I, I got my season ticket on my own and mm-hmm. I went on my own to start yep. off with. But you... <laughs> Me being me, I'll talk to anybody, as you can figure out. Yeah. Um, and 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 I just got in with a bunch of people with with Potsy and <laughs> with some of the others, and and, and there's a, a bunch of us around there that I just got in with. Um, and yeah, it is a, a hugely social. It enhances experience. your your it enhances your experience. But you know, being able to share, you know, I, I used to go with my aunt all the time. You know, she, she my first ever game at Arsenal was when I was eighteen months old, and I've pretty much been going regularly since which is probably why I'm a bit touched in the head as well, probably kicked off or, or stepped on as a kid in the North Bank. Um, but, you know, I've experienced, you know, so many highs and lows. And then obviously you, you get older, you meet friends, you know, family I go with. Then obviously you start meeting other people, that, you know, outside of your circle, you bring them into your circle. And we've experienced so many highs and lows over football, you know, even in the last five years, 10 years, 
And we all look at each other and it's like, do you know what? I'm so glad I've been able to share those memories with you. You know, last year at the cup final, we wasn't able to go. None of us would go. So what we've done is we hired a room at, you know, just a, a couple of miles up the road from us, a pub. Um, you know, one of the, the, the landlady there, I knew her really well. She, she let us have the room. And it was it was in the stage of where we had lockdown, but obviously we was able to, to meet meet with people. I, you know, you know what? I was, I was really disappointed you didn't give me an invite. I was only around the corner. Mate, you was more than welcome to come. You know, you, any, anyone was there, anyone was more, more than welcome to come. And do you know what? We all met up. We met up a bit early doors. We met up at 10 o'clock, went and had some breakfast in the town. Um, we all got together. But do you know what? We, not only did we win the cup and we was able to share the memories of winning the cup, we was able to share it together as, as, as like a, an Arsenal family. And we, there, there's a great the, photo. There's a great photo of you and all the guys outside the, outside the pub. Yeah, outside yeah, the Sultan, yeah, yeah. With, with the flag. Lee, Lee's there. There's a, quite a few of them. But do you know what? Do you know what, Ferg? Like, honestly, people look at us and think, oh, you know, just a rowdy bunch. But we're a good, we've got, you know, boys of 18 in the group. We've got, obviously, the likes of Hoggy, you know, 60 plus. We've got a real mixed bag of, of boys. And we're just great characters. You know, we all mm. have a laugh. We all have a joke. From You know, the first week back, you know, all the piss taking will be on me. Following week will be on the likes of Hoggy. Following week will be on judges. But none of us ever take offence to it. We just go for football because we love Arsenal. We enjoy the good times. But you know what is more important? We get to share it together as a family. You know, so whether yeah. you're experiencing the highs or lows, we're together as one. And I, I, I know people say they've got groups and all that, and I get that. But we've got a really close group, and I, and I love it. And it just, it just, it just enhances my whole experience of Arsenal. You know, it just enhances my. You know, even if you lose, you've got an experience because you're coming back from Norwich. You've just lost or you've just drawn. You know, the train breaks down in Cambridge. You've, you've done you've then got to get a bus back from Cambridge all the way back to Broxbourne because, but there's, there's stories to be told because you're sharing it together as one, as a family. And it's just, listen, did I, you, I would, did, I would go on. did you, did you, did you ever like get locked out of your room and been drunk out of your heads and couldn't find your key card, but you had it in your hand all <laughs> along? Because uh, Trevor, there's, a, there's, a, there's plenty of stories. I'm not quite sure if it's anything as bad as Trev. <laughs> <laughs> Trev, listen, me and you, we meet up at football every week, and we chat a lot throughout the week, either on message or actual phone calls and everything else. Uh, and I spoke to you a couple of days ago. I was doing the barbecue. It was Wednesday, and I spoke to you. And then I, I, I put the phone down. I spoke to the wife. And I said, and we were talking about some just like, no, we just want all this to be over and Berg, to return sorry, to normal. With the barbecue and the beers, was that the dodgy internet? <laughs> Thank you for hanging me out of dry. <laughs> I, did, I did have really bad internet that Wednesday. Well, that's why we couldn't do the podcast. But, yeah, it was. <laughs> um, so I, I, I spoke, I spoke, to, uh, spoke to, to my wife and I come along and said, you know what, I, I, I do like the pub and I do like going for a, a pint and stuff like that. But I'll I tell you what, I said, I, I'd forego that a bit if I could just say, give her a kiss on the cheek at half nine, ten o'clock in the morning, get on the tube, go down to London, grab a bit of food, meet the lads in the pub, have a chat, sit with Trev and the others, and then go to the pub, uh, the, the football, shout my lungs out, swear, sing, celebrate, commiserate, whatever it be, um, meet with the guys at halftime outside block five, and then go for a couple of pints afterwards and get home. Say, oh, it was a great day to the missus. Tell her all about the football that she doesn't want to know about and fall asleep <laughs> on the sofa. Um Trev, when are we going to have it back? Yep. Oh, mate, listen, 
I, I miss it more. I, I'm nearly 60, you know, so I, every season I lose, really? it's a big chunk out of what I've got left to watch, you know. <laughs> uh, so I just need, I just need to be back watching football. I can't watch it on a, well, I do watch it on a telly, but I don't like it. I've, Mrs. Falls out with me because I'm up screaming and shouting and swearing on the telly. The dog's <laughs> left home because it can't be doing with the noise of me screaming and shouting. I've had to hide all the money I'm saving because I can't go to games, can't go to Europe, <laughs> can't spend my money. I'm having to hide it under, from the missus. I'm not telling her where it is because she can hear me. It's a nightmare, mate. You know, it is an absolute nightmare. And, and and it is all about the day and it is all about meeting your mates. And it is a release from the week. You know, you do a week, whatever, grafting or whatever you do. That Saturday, just a couple of hours with the lads in the pub, it's more important than the football. More important than the football, it's a release and it's about a whole day. And I've already got my day planned for when we can go back. I'm ready. You know, I'm, 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 I'm going to be knocking on the door at the Emirates two hours before kickoff because I want to be there when they open the doors. <laughs> I want to milk it. But earlier in the day, I'm going to, I'm going to get the train up to London. I'm going to find out where, where Fergus and Big Tone are drinking, what booze they're in. And I'm going to avoid them like the plague because I want to have a decent day, right? And I'm gonna. You knew that was coming, Tony, gonna, didn't you? <laughs> I'm gonna, it was like an exorcism, wasn't I'm it? Gonna have a big wander round. <laughs> Let me finish. Let me finish. I'm gonna have a big wander round, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kiss loads of blokes on the cheeks, and have loads of man hugs because us football fans. One, one thing we're not shy of, right? One thing football lads are not shy of is showing affection for each other, right? And showing how much you think and love and support your fellow mates, you know, that you see them. You may only see them every week at the football. You may see them a bit more often. But they're your mates. They're your comrades. They're your buddies. They're the people you release with, you know. I'm ready to go back. Desperately ready to go back. Mm. Um, another thing that comes in line with football, uh, and I nicked this off Talk Sport this morning, was in the car. And they were they had put um I think it was Georgie Bingham had put a a topic up, and in light of what we're going to have uh, today, and we will go into it. Our Matt Stay program, our Matt Stay program has got the wonderful Rocky Rollcastle in front of it, and if you haven't seen the digital um uh, Matt Stay program, you can download it from the website, and you can read it. And there's some lovely pieces in there, but. In light of, of me saying that the digital match day program, are match day programs still relevant? And if so, digital yes. or physical? I'm going, yes. to go to, I'm, I'm, go I'm going to go to you first, yes. Trev, on this because you, you've got boxes of them. Go, Trev. Thousands of them. Thousands of programs I've got. Thousands of them. And they're, 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 they're sentimental to me. They're, they're you know, yeah. they're. Uh, they're just, you can't get by without them. You need them. Um, these are age, right? They're too big. They're too bulky. They're, they're, they're a bit, they're a bit, you know, you can't put them in your pocket like you're used to, you know, like the FA Cup final programs are now, you need to take a rucksack with you just for the program. <laughs> yeah, so, but they, they need to think about the sizing of them. They need to think about the sizing of them and the, uh, uh, and but you need the programs. I read that to, I read tonight's program cover to cover. I have it delivered the Arsenal program every week, and I read it cover to cover today. And what an amazing show of respect for for David Roadcastle from from many people, from very many people. 
even people that didn't know him really well or didn't play with him, like Mikel Arteta, you know, were saying how much he's still part of Arsenal Football Club. Our days don't go by when the memory of Rocky isn't there. And the reason it's there is because he was an Arsenal lad. He was a proper Arsenal lad. And like going right back to the start of this podcast when Tony was talking, he played for the club. You know, he played for this, played for the badge. He, he wanted to win games, not for himself, money, not for anything other than he was an Arsenal player and he played for the Arsenal. And that is why he wanted to win. And that is why that team of youngsters that came through, that won the league in 89, you know, and very nearly were the first Invincibles in 91, very nearly, that is why they won them leagues, because they were a team of players that played together for the Arsenal. Brilliant. Tony, and uh, Tony, we need programmes. We need football programmes. Tony, your thoughts on a match day programme? Do you buy one? Do you read it? I, I, I must admit, I buy... One occasionally, I've got a few. Trevor kindly sent me the one that he had in his collection of my very first game, which was Arsenal versus Bradford in 1999, the first physical game I attended in August 99 at uh, Highbury. Um, he sent it to me. Um, I've had uh, only because I had two of them. Other... Only because I had two of them. Yeah. Okay. Don't, <laughs> yeah. Don't don't get too sentimental. But um, I I don't really read them when I get them. Um, do you read them? Do you think they have got value? And then link in to a little bit of Rocky. We'll do Rocky in a little bit more detail as well, if you want. Yeah. I mean, I, I still think programs have a have a, a place in football. I still think they're part of tradition. Um, it's, it's like going walking to the walking to a stadium. You want to smell the horse. Sorry, shit. Tony. You smell... Trevor's drinking water. That's illegal on this podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, I always knew there was something funny well, about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, getting get back to the, what you were saying. Sorry, mate. <laughs> no, no, when you walk into the stadium, when you walk into I the have... stadium, I don't care what, what standard of football you're in, you want to smell the whole shit. You want to smell the burger and, and you want to be able to see the program sellers. It's part. It's part of tradition. I'm. I'm although I'm only thirty three, I've got an old head on my on my shoulders. I still love the traditional values <laughs> of football. I, I, I still, I still want to be part of like tradition. I don't like the modern fan. I don't like, and there's no disrespect to anybody else, but I was brought up, and like I said, I, I was taken to my first game at 18 months old, and I've been going pretty much ever since. Um, I, I just, I just love the 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 the, the, the small traditions that are left in football. I like. Um, now, listen, I don't buy the programs because simply because I can't look after them. I can't even look after a pin badge. You know, you lose them in the pub afterwards. Exactly, mate. Exactly. So I, I do still get the, the the programs online, and I still get the pro um, the Guna. Uh, but again, I get I get the online edition because I can't look after. I mean, I've got bundles of the Guna magazines, um, or, you know, in my cupboard. Programs. I, I must admit, I sold them a few years ago because they were taking up so much room. I mean, I was handed down a, a number of programs from my aunt. Um, she had thousands. I ended. We ended up selling them, you know, to collectors and that. that you know, cup finals, etc. I, I still think they have a place in football because I still think, you know, there, there's certain people, whether you're old or young, there's certain people in, in life that still want to go and get um, a physical copy of a programme. You know, not everyone wants to go online, not everyone wants to be a PDF, and it's not just it's not just old people that don't want it. Some of the younger generation don't want it as well. But, you know, I, it's, it's great to have both options. Um, but I still think the programme has still got its place in football and I still think it's part of tradition. I'd have to agree. The, the, the few programs I have See, the, got and read some pages off are physical ones that have sat in the tube um, on the WhatsApp group that we're on. Tony. I'm, I'm um, too, I'm too pissed. 
can read anything on the way back, mate. Trust me. <laughs> um, well, I, I can read it, but I read it over and over again, uh, like as Paddy did. Um, but um, I, the, the, the PDF version that gets sent through to us on, on the WhatsApp group, I leave through and look at the pictures. I think it's because it's on your phone and because it's internet. Mm-hmm. You just want short, sharp snippets. Steve, you're a, you're a youngun. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm only twenty. I'm twenty seven. I'm not not super super young, but yeah, I love a program. You're fucking and young I, in comparison to us. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's because I go few and far between that when I go, I want something that that I can take away. And and because I, you know, as as Tony was saying, you know, going with a group, big group of lads, it's great. You know, when I've met up with you in the past, been great. But because I normally travel up myself, you know, when I've come up, it's either been on the coach or I've done Sunderland and Newcastle way, and I've been up north by myself. I've not had that group experience. So having a program and and you know, I've got the scarfs, Sunderland, Arsenal, yes. Um, but I, I like to get something from the game that I can take home and, and, and it sits, you know, I've got a drawer full of them, you know, rugby, football, whatever. But if I go, I've got to get a program. And yeah, the digital versions are just not not the same. I don't like because it's 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 a peak, you've got to zoom in on on the articles and then you zoom out and then you're flicking around and then you somehow knock it off and then you've got to go back on the app and it's pain in the ass. I'd much rather have a mm. have a physical one. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, when, I, I, when, I when you're I, having a toilet though, they're great to read in there. You know, yeah, exactly. That's, that's normally <laughs> they're, they're brilliant reads. You don't have to take a hard, but you've just got your phone scroll across the iPad. So, they're totally the other channels are available. <laughs> um, listen, one of you guys, Tony, I think it was you who mentioned it. The Gooner fanzine, the Gooner magazine. It would be wrong of me if I didn't mention at the moment mm. they're really, really struggle struggling to um go to print they normally uh do about i think it's about get four or five hundred get your guna that's it um they normally do four or five hundred uh programs uh per game obviously nobody's going to a game it costs them money to produce these things it costs you i think it's 30 or 40 quid for the year to get once a quarter uh physical magazine come through or fanzine to come through if you can, go to the Gooner online, sub- subscribe and get them. And subscribe for the year. Put it on a revolving direct debit. You won't even notice it coming out of your bank account in reality. Steve, it's you brilliant content think, but... as well. It's, it's oh, brilliant content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, 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 and to be honest, we've had a few of the, the guys on here. Dan Mountney, who comes on on a regular basis, he writes for the Gooner. Um, uh, Melina, who came on er, in, early, in the early days, she and her husband, Nick, also uh, right for there, uh, Lathe Yusuf. There's, there's loads of proper Arsenal fans that, that write and, proper yeah, Arsenal remember, articles. Remember, right, as well, remember, right, as well, that these boys that sell the Guna and, and write the Guna, you're right, Fergus, by the way, just in support of you, they, they don't, they're not in that to make money. They're, they're not like They're not like a publishing company that are publishing a magazine to, for the sake of it. Nope. They're Arsenal fans. Proper Arsenal fans. You can buy the Guna at every European away game. They even take a rucksack of them with them to European away. They're proper fans. And and if you want a bit of a lot a bigger one, you want some some factual stuff on the Arsenal, not the fiction you might read in the newspapers or the, or, or or the stuff yeah. you see on Sky TV. If you want some factual stuff about the Arsenal, get your Guna. 
It's it's, it's, it's a nice it, little publication. It's, mate. it's from fans for fans. You know, it's not it's not fans of other clubs writing. It's it's, it's Arsenal fans writing for Arsenal fans. You know, we, we can all relate to everything that's written in those magazines. You know, like I say, I've been collecting them for years and, and reading them for years, and it's great content. Um, obviously, certain, certain months are better than others, but on the, on the whole, they're just brilliant content. It's a great read, light-hearted read as well. Brilliant. Well, I, I didn't know you could do uh, uh, the annual subscription until it came up on Facebook and Twitter over the last few days, a uh, few weeks. And I've uh, put my annual subscription in on revolving uh, direct debit. I know if you want just an individual one, there's six, seven quid. It doesn't work out as a uh, cost effective, but you're better off just doing the, the 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 revolving direct debit. And it means that they know what money is coming in and that they can continue to go. And please, please, please get your gooner, get your gooner. Um, talking about a couple of other topics that we want to talk about, I'll touch on very briefly. Um, uh, Terreira unfortunately lost his mum to COVID disease, and we pass on our deepest condolences uh, to to him and his family. Don't think, as much as there's rumours of him coming back to Arsenal, don't think he's going to come back to Arsenal. I think he wants to stay in South America. Europe doesn't seem to be great for him. He did struggle initially, first and foremost. Uh, definitely didn't settle in London and didn't make a huge impact in Spain. Boca Juniors seemed to be his favourite location. The other person I would like to mention, which is we're talking about a gooner, um, Claude. Sadly, as we know, Claude passed away this uh, this uh, this week. Um, and uh, just to try and sort out any of the confusion about people talking about how and whatever happened, this is the statement from his family. He died of a heart attack. He did have his health issues. He had lots of issues going on. Um, I don't claim to profess to know Claude. I don't want to, I'm not trying to get anything. I just want to pass on our condolences from Guns and Yellow Ribbons uh, to Claude and his family. Um, I know um, many of uh, our friends on various uh, football WhatsApp groups are friends with him, some of them closer than others, some of them on a passing thing. But we just want to nod our head to, to Claude and say, um, you know, rest in peace, mate. So, can I just interrupt you? Did yes. with with Claude? I, you know, I wasn't, I didn't, you know, I wasn't the greatest friends with him. I knew him through obviously through judges and that. Um, judges every every year for his birthday has a barbecue around his house. So every now and then I did get to to speak to Claude. And I've, I've got to just say this that although Claude had his flaws, he was also a funny guy. And there's there's one story I'd like to say. We was talking about obviously um, sex, you know, certain things, and I said, "Look, everyone." I, loves I know a bit this of, story. <laughs> I said, "Everyone, everyone loves a bit of Jack and Danny." Claude then turned around and said to to me and Lee, "Oh, who does he play for?" And that obviously, you know, it was just brilliant. It was just brilliant. So me and Lee was laughing this week about it. You know, like I say, Claude Claude had his flaws, but I deep down, you know, he, he was a gooner, and I don't think he he, he he was a nasty person. But yeah, that was one of the memories that I, I, I did have, and you know, me and Lee text about him. You know, even when we went golf uh, Thursday, we were talking about it. So that's a funny story about him that which which will put you know I'll never forget. It's uh, yeah, so, you know, rest in peace and all that. Yeah, I bumped into a few times. Again, as I said, yeah, well said. wasn't wasn't close. Uh, but uh, yeah, he'd probably know me. I'd know him. Um, and we have mixed in circles. But that's it. Yeah. Trev, you said you were going to say a tiny little bit on this. Yeah, well, listen, mate. I never met Claude. Never knew Claude. I'm not keen on Arsenal fan TV, so it'd be hypocritical of me to. To, to to say that anything about him other than I know he was a prop 
and I was a true Arsenal fan, and uh, he, he, he he's, he's passed away. And and I, on behalf of uh, our podcast, I'll pass on our condolences as well to his friends and family. That's about all I can say. The poor man has passed away, and we're all sad. You know what, Tred? You know? Just to touch upon what you've just said there, obviously, I'm not a fan of Arsenal TV. I've got a very close friend, you know, he's like family, obviously, judges that goes on it. He knows my views and opinions of it. But I did, I did, um, I had to comment and bite to to a post that was on so called proper Arsenal on Facebook to say, look, even if you don't like the channel, which I don't, you know, you, you, we're all human. We can still be um, big enough and mad enough to just pay our respects. We don't have to be nasty, regardless of our, our views and opinions on the channel, which, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of that channel. We're still we're still big enough and you know respectful enough to just to pay our respects and you know move on. We don't need to say anything nasty or negative, you know, um, after the bloke's passed. Absolutely, yeah, hundred percent agree. And, Absolutely, and you know what that link, links me in finally to our, our, our last topic before we go into the Liverpool game because the line ads should be out very shortly. Um, and uh, it's it's more about this and and Trev sums it up really really well in the tweet that he done. Uh, Trev is my name, also known by Hilsey, our old man. Uh, I don't hide behind social media. I sometimes, I'm sometimes loud, sweary, opinionated, angry, etc. But I never have a re- uh, I've never got a reason to be anonymous on here because I will never deliberately hurt or upset anybody. Uh, if everyone did the same, how would social media be if everybody did what Trev said, Steve? Yeah, I, I it's it's becoming more and more of an issue with with Twitter especially is you know anyone can sign up to an account use a different display picture a different name and say what the hell they like they may get reported they may get their account banned but then they're at it again it's it I, I see something the other day um uh, you know after everything with you know with Claude, somebody still may got away with making a fake account and trolling the statement that, that you showed up, you know, leaving disgusting comments on there. And, and you just think this is somebody that's obviously done it from one account when Claude was with us. They're doing it now and it's just going to keep on rolling and rolling. And there seems to be no consequences. Um, and so Trev making that point, and there was a few people that, that followed on from that and they just, this is me. There's no point hiding you know you get what you know what it says on the tin and just this this age of you know if you're gonna be an ass online excuse my friend if you're gonna be an ass online don't hide take whatever flack you're gonna get coming back if you're walking down the street and you want to shout something derogatory at someone or you want to shout something out your car window you haven't got a mask on so why do it online if you're gonna have the, the if you're gonna have the nuts to do something do it as you would in person. And, and and that's the one gripe I've got with with social media and and just the sort of stuff that happens. It's, it's uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And Trev, you know, Trev put up a very good post and, and a few people followed it through and did the same. Um, yeah. Tony? It's... Tony? Um... Do... Do, do, do we need a bit of controversy, as Trull said? Do we need to create important discussions? Um, I know you with, like Twitter. With, with, with Twitter, yeah. I mean, with Twitter, I do I do believe in freedom of speech, but I also believe in accountability. Now, exactly. I'm not going to sit here and, and slag people off because I've made mistakes. I've um, 
you know, I, I do think that if you're going to criticise someone, you, you know, the plaudits and the criticism is fine. I've got no problem with that. Um, I've someone who, who who has in the past overstepped the mark. You know, um, I've held my hands up. Listen, I'm big enough and ugly enough to to give it. So when I Definitely. when I know I'm in the wrong, I'll also you know Tyson Fury is an example that you know in the past I, I've 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 mullered him. Um, you know, I thought he was nothing but a clown, nothing but an idiot. Um, you know, and then when he started coming out and talking about the mental health side of things, I looked at it from a, a, a different different aspect, different picture. My brother was also suffering from the same thing. And you know what I thought, you know what, I was wrong about you. I, you know, I've jumped to conclusions. I've seen you as this this bravado character. I've jumped on it. I've criticised you and I, I've overstepped the mark. But you know what I've done? I, I not only private messaged him, I also tweeted him. I didn't get a response. But I thought if I'm big enough to criticise you, I'm big enough to accept when I'm wrong. And I, and I turn around and apologise. And listen, I've been wrong and, I, and, I'll, and I'll make mistakes in the past. You know, people do make mistakes. You know, we can't, we can't, um, we can't hang everyone from the same tree because people do make mistakes. But I do think there's a line you cross, uh, and now I'm a lot more, I'm a lot more um, vigilant with what I put because I think actually, do you know what? There is a line you, you, you know, you can criticise someone, you can give them plaudits, whatever. But there's also a line you don't cross. Uh, in the past, I've crossed that. In the past, I've made mistakes, and I've also apologised because we're human. We make mistakes, and, and a lot of the time, what you see is what you get with me. Um, I don't. I don't hide behind anything, you know, anyone that knows me knows that I've got a big mouth, I say what I think, you know, sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong, but I'll always say what I think and I'll always back up, but I'll always be accountable for what I say, whether I'm right or wrong, I'll always be big enough and man enough to say, do you know what, I've said that, I'm big enough, I'm ugly enough to take, you know, take the plaudits, take the criticism, whatever, I've said it and I'll take whatever comes to me, you know, so so nowadays I'm, I'm more vigilant with what I put because, um, you know, um, I, I just, I think there's a, there's a lot to this, this lockdown as well is another example. I think there's the life too short to, to, to be going crossing the line and going too far down the road. Um, but it, yeah, you know, it is what it is and people make mistakes and you've just got to deal with, you've you, you got to be accountable for what you've done. Trev, that was your post. Uh, I look, will bring right, up the team look, news. We have got the team yeah, news, look, but that was your post just before we finish look, on this topic focus, and the, focus, look the game. Just a second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fergus, just a second, mate. I, I know I'm on this delay. I'm sorry, mate. But there's a couple of things the lads say there, right, which is really important. It is about what you see is what you get. I, I put stuff on Twitter that sometimes, especially in the heat of the moment in the game, I think, oh, my Lord, what am I doing afterwards? But you see this on my profile, right? And you see my name on my profile. I'm not hiding behind that, right? You know, and, and these social media sites, they've got to be more accountable. And I'm not going to, I'm not, we, we could put different subjects on what they've got to be accountable on, but it's a picture I'm on about. You know, if, if someone puts a pirate video or some copyrighted music on social media, bosh, it's down in 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. And if they can do that with that technology, they could check people up before they let them on Twitter. There's ways of doing it that takes no time, no time at all. And I'll tell you what happened as well, right? Our Steve, our big Steve is on here with us today. He made a video right, about that, that young Tottenham fan on her channel. And, and we all had a massive laugh at it, right? And I shared it. I got permission. I shared it on Twitter. And we all had a laugh. It got loads of likes. But just one or two people started saying, are you bullying her? And I, I knew I wasn't bullying her, right? Because we were only taking what she'd said. We weren't putting it out of context. We took what she said. 
But I took it down in the end because I thought, well, just in case the girl does get a bit upset, I don't want to upset her. Maybe we made a mistake putting it on or going to the extent we did. So I took it down and I apologised to her. And the last thing that really rolls me about people hiding behind, the one of the worst culprits, there's a Spurs fan. He tags me and everything. I blocked him. But because people answer him, I get to see it. A bit of a timeline until I'm. How into. annoying is it, Trev? How then, annoying is it? Listen, Tony, one thing, right? This is the lowest of the low. He hid behind his Twitter that nobody knows about, nobody knows who he is. And before the North London derby, he put a post up and he said, I'm having a party when Sol Campbell dies. And do you know why he said that? He said that because he could hide, because he's weak, because he's not a man. Yeah. He's soft tell and he's a to, nasty person. And Twitter needs to take these down. But Trev, tell do you know what? To, tell do, that, do you tell know that, another one. Say, say that to his mum. Say that to his dad. Say that to his brother. No. Do you know, do you know what, though, as well? These people are, are looking yeah. for a reaction, looking for, you know, that they've got their fishing rods out. They're looking for a bite. And I know people say it's not the right way to do it. But sometimes the best way to do it is just ignore them because as soon as they don't get a reaction, they get bored and they think, oh, I'm not getting what I want. But as soon as they get yep. a reaction, the same as the racism, homophobic, whatever abuse you want to give, the best way sometimes, I know you want to take them down fine, but sometimes the best way to deal with them is ignore them because then they're not getting the reaction that they're, 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 they've set out to get. And, and, and you know what? Just finishing up on this, because uh, we could talk about this for hours, um, and the team news has been released. Um, the media itself don't help the situation because they do concentrate on uh be it uh whatever topic that's uh, that's in vogue at the minute uh, you know and i'm not going to mention them because we all know several different topics and agendas that are out there they don't really help it because they don't concentrate on the on the grassroots of the problem and they just uh, seem to concentrate on the the headlining grabbing stuff well the headlining grabbing stuff here God, i'm getting good at this you know is uh, the team news and the team news is no saka no shaka poet and i don't even know it and no <laughs> louise as we expected um so we have leno in gold chambers holding and gabriel no and Tierney as a back four uh, Smith Rowe got injured for the under 21s and oh, don't talk to me about on uh, international football breaks. I hate them. <laughs> Absolutely hate them. Uh, 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 John Gregory in the Arsenal fans forum chat made a great idea. He said, make the tournaments a little bit bigger and have people seeded to get into it. And, and, and then just have a bigger tournament uh, rather than having all these stupid international games, most of them friendlies, etc. But in the midfield, we've got um, Party and uh, Sabias. Sabias, uh together. And then we've got Pepe, Ode uh, Pepe, Odegaard, and I assume Abamian. it's Lacassette. And then, uh, sorry, Abamyang and Lacazette's up top. Um, mm -hmm. Trev, what do you make of that side? Ah, it's not our strongest side, is it? I, I, you know, I'm very careful what I say. I say it every week because because our uh, our proved us wrong so many times. I'm so worried. I'm still worried about Abamyang. Uh, I don't think Abamyang and Lacazette work in the same the same side. I think we miss Smithrow. We're going to miss Smithrow and Saka massively. I called the back four, actually, before, before we came up. I thought that would be the back four. 
Sabios, if he's on his toes, if he plays like the second, you know, like, like within the second half at West Ham, Sabios is worth worth his place. But I'm, I'm worried about, once again, like we talked about earlier in the show, taking chances. Are Aubameyang and Lacazette going to take the chances that Odegaard and Pepe are going to create? In my head, I'm thinking, well, we could be in trouble. But who knows? So, well, I think we're going to miss Smith-Rowe badly and we're going to miss our great latest number seven, Mr. Saka, badly too. Tony, coming to you. Arsenal have lost just one of the past eight home games in the Premier League. We've won four and drawn three. Chambers starts again. What do you make of this lineup? Yeah, uh, well, it wasn't what I was expecting, I must admit. Um, there's quite a few changes. But again, for me, it all depends what Arsenal's turn up. <laughs> you know, if we turn up and uh, and we start from the off and, and, you know, we're ruthless, we're clinical in front of goal, we don't make stupid individual errors, then obviously the chances are, you know, we've got a really good chance of winning. If we turn up and we're lackadaisical, you know, we're arrogant, you know, we're, we're, we're switched off and we're going to make individual mistakes, then we could take a hiding. Um, for me, it all depends what Arsenal turn up. I say every single game, doesn't matter who the opposition are, then, it's, it's what Arsenal then, turn up and what players, the mentality. You say that, Tony, the, uh, in the last five league victories have come away from home, which is a longer sequence uh, in a run of six since 1955. Our, um, Liverpool seem to be better away from Anfield, even without fans. They're inconsistent. They've got lots of injury issues. This has got to be the best time for us to play Liverpool Football Club, don't you think? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, Liverpool were, you know, from from two months ago are not the same team as what they were the last two years. It's, it's been an incredible drop-off. But again, most football fans uh, up and down the country said again that Liverpool was never going to be able to sustain that that level of um, that level of ruthlessness, you know, that level of um, pressing, that level of enthusiasm, you know, intensity. They were never going to be able to do it for for such a long period. You know, they've been doing it for, you know, two, two and a half years now. They've been never going to continue. They've had their blip. But yeah, like you say, it's a great time to play Liverpool. Um, but for me, I'm not too worried about Liverpool in the terms of what they do. It's more about what we do. And I say every week, I say again, no, it doesn't matter who the opposition are. It's what Arsenal turn up. We've seen plenty of examples when we can beat anybody on our day, but we can lose to anybody, uh, anybody on our day. Um, it, it all depends on, on what players, players turn up in the mindset, the mentality, the commitment level, the desire levels. You know, if we turn up, we can win today. There's no question we can no, win, I, but equally, we can also take a hiding. Um, totally so. agree. I, I, I know what my score prediction is. I put it in earlier, and I, I think it will be a good game, and I'll give my prediction afterwards. But, Steve, um, Lacazette has scored in the last three Premier League starts against Liverpool. Aubameyang has failed to score in all five of his top flight appearances versus Liverpool and fa failing even to register a shot on target. Both those players are on the pitch. What do you make of this lineup? Um, I, I don't think the lineup looks too bad. I think um, someone put it in the comments. It looks like we're going to gonna go for pace. Um, obviously, Saka and Smith Rowe, I, I, I don't think they were ever going to start start today. Um, I'm surprised that Aubameyang and Lacazette are, are are both starting. But then, 
if Aubameyang starts up top or Aubameyang is off, you know, who comes in on the left-hand side? Do you play Martinelli when apparently the rumours are that he wants to, you know, they want to be playing him centrally? Do you bring Reese Nelson in, who, in fairness, when we last played, when we played Liverpool at the back end of last season, he had a cracking game, um, and it wasn't it wasn't too dissimilar of a lineup when we played them last season. I think Aubameyang and Lacazette both played, and Nelson was there, and Pepe. Um, I think I think Chambers Chambers definitely deserves his start, and, and and the thing I like about Chambers is the fact that it gives us that fluidity if we do want to you know, park up a little bit, he can slot back in and we sort of make a back three. Um when Tierney's bombing forward, he's also good on set pieces, good in the air. Um and defensively he's better than than both Cedric and Bellerin. So if if they're gonna be bombing Marley down that down that side then then hopefully he'll he'll pocket him. I, I think it's I think it's a fairly solid lineup. Um yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pleased. I th- I think we'll I think we'll nick it today. And Trev, um, um, what you call it? Uh, Steve mentions Manis. Manis scored seven top-flight goals versus Arsenal. Uh, the only side he has a better record against is Crystal Palace. Uh, he is in the side along with Alisson, Alexander Arnold, Phillips, Kabaka. Who the hell is he? Uh, Robertson, Kabak. Fabinho. Um, Who? Tiago, Milner, Mane, Salah, and Firmino. Um, where do you where do you see the main threat then? Just because you're shaved uh, your beard off. We're our own main threat. We're our own main threat. We we beat that side if we played to the top of our form. So it's all about the Arsenal. I, the only thing I hope that happens today is that uh, Tierney owes owes Mane a right hand, and then he Mane got away with a big. Mm. Him, didn't he? He clocked Tierney and never even got pulled about it. So I'm hoping that Tierney drops him a sneaky right-hander and puts him on the back on the seat pants. I'm hoping that we turn up from the start, that Leno has got his sensible head on and plays the ball short only when it's sensible to play it short. And he's not scared of playing the Agreed. ball long if he's under pressure and needs to. I'm hoping that the Arsenal play from the first second of the game. I'm happy with the back four. I think that Sabios, if he's on his toes, it can be a game winner. For me, Sabios is the biggest hit and miss of, of 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 all the players we've got. He's either right up or right down. So we want the right up there, Sabios, to turn up to. At the end of the day, we are Bamiyang and Lacazette to put away some of the chances that we will create. We will create chances, and that that's been our downfall. Arteta said it in there and going on about it, but it's really creating enough chances to win games, regardless of what we've conceded. Yeah, we are creating enough chances to win games. And Aubameyang, in particular, as much as I love the lad, right, and he's, he's bailed us out for the last couple of seasons, he does need now to pull his socks up. I know he's got nine goals this season, but they've come in groups, they've not come consistently. And it's his socks up, the young man, and start to get some of these chances. But, so, you know, he, he's, he's, it's, it's not about Liverpool for me, Fergus. You know that, mate. No, I know, I know that. He's a Bamiyang surplus to requirements now. Has he pa- Is he over the hill? Has he passed it? In the summer, everyone's talking about, okay, the natural uh, choice of who you get rid of would be he's got a year left in his contract, he's 30-odd years of age, Lacazette, move him on um, for the right money. 
But Abamyang is, no. you know, what what do you do? What do you do, mate? If we it's if we find out what's up with Martinelli, if we find out what's up with Martinelli, right, and and, and Martinelli starts playing regular and getting a bit more time, right, and and then we've got this lad Balogun, and the rumours are he's now decided he might play for us again. Which don't start me off on that. That's another story. But if we come to this summer. At the moment, and we have to sell either Aubameyang or Lacazette, it's good by Aubameyang for me. It's good by Aubameyang for me because Lacazette, he's, he plays better with the lads. He moves the lads around the field better, you know, and he, he, his energy levels are higher. And that isn't being derogatory to Aubameyang. I'm not being horrible about him, but what I am saying is he's not been performing for whatever reason and it can't go on. So if he don't pull his socks up, then we look at if he, if one's got to go in the summer. For me, it's Aubameyang that's got to go. I, I think uh, Tony, you can come in in a second because I know you're really enjoying this podcast. Apparently, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I I agree with you uh, entirely because I think we can get you got Aubameyang on a three well. <laughs> The way his contract is structured, he actually can walk out of here at the end of the next season if we don't get Champions League football. So he's technically speaking, the way we are at the minute, unless we win the Europa League, he's on his final year as well. So, but we can get more money for Abamyang than we could get for Lacazette and reinvest that in the squad, move Abamyang on over Laka as it stands at the moment. But I wouldn't make that choice just yet. Uh, Abamyang has got lots of stuff going on in his head. And once he can sort his head out and his feet out and everything else out, then hopefully he can come back. He's only scored nine goals in the league, which is absolutely pathetic for a player of his quality. Uh, to, uh, and at the level he's playing at, it's just unacceptable. And then you can look at, should he be a captain? Then you can look at his wages. I never talk about wages, even with Ozil. I had the conversation with Mem, uh, was it Mem? Yeah, it was Mem uh, in the week and saying people compare him to Ozil and, and, and starting to do that. These people, these faceless people on Twitter who know everything and are very, 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 very brave. Um, and I, I said, it doesn't matter what they're earning. It's how they perform. Like, you know, it's mm -hmm. no different than you go to. And, and, and the difference between Abamyang and Ozil, Ozil didn't particularly want to play couldn't perform at his top level and he was messed up on the head. Abamyang is just a little bit messed up on his head. I think if he sorts his head out, he'll be okay. But Tony, you were going to come in on that. And can you also add to the comment that Richard O'Brien came along and said that Martinelli must be really out of favour with um, Arteta because he doesn't even get a start in uh, a demolished <laughs> squad at the minute with injuries after the international duty. Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, let's talk about Abamian. For me, um, I don't think he's, he's, um, his ability has, has, has dwindled. I think it's more about application and desire. Um, you know, he's, he's got the same um, abilities as he had last year. I still think he's, he's quite one-dimensional. So a lot of defenders have sussed him out. A, a lot of teams do do drop off deeper so he can't run behind the channels. Um, but, you know, I still think he's got a lot to offer. The difference is, for me, I think he, he's, his application and his desire levels have got to, have got to change. 
he has got to up his game. He has got to up his desire levels and he's got to up his commitment levels. Because for me, I don't think his eyes on, on on Arsenal Football Club at the moment. I think he, his focus is somewhere else. Obviously, there's yes. a lot of rumours floating about, which you know can remain to be rumours until we're told otherwise. But yeah, for, for me, I don't think he's changed as a player from last year. I don't think he's demised as a player from last year. I think the difference is his, his application, his work rate and his desire levels. Um you know, you know, we look at him last year. He sort of dragged us to the cup final to a certain extent. I don't think he, he, it was all him, but certainly a, a large percentage of it was was down to him. Um, but we played a different way. I mean, again, it, it's, it's up to uh, Bamiang. For me, I don't think he's a captain, but for for, for me, his application, level, and work rate, and desire has got to change. On Martinelli. <laughs> Martinelli's a strange one. I don't think anyone knows the, the full ins and outs of that. The way Arteta speaks about Martellini is certainly part of his plan, certainly part of his long-term plans at the club. Whether it's his injury, whether it's not, a, he doesn't particularly favour him. I don't know. I mean, the more it goes on, you start thinking Arteta doesn't favour Martellini. But the way he talks about him, he talks about him so highly. Um, mm. You'd expect him to be around next year. Maybe, maybe they're just scared because, does, you know, yeah. maybe Arteta thinks, you know what, we, we, you know, Arsenal Football Club has had a bad history of, of not ruining young players, but certainly not dealing with injuries in the right way. Maybe Arteta's just gone, you know what? I'm going to take you out of the firing line, take you out of all the pressure, take you out of all the media spotlight. I'm going to let you get back to complete full fitness, give you plenty of time to recover. And as from next season, or you start a fresh pre-season, I don't, I don't know. You know, we'll make assumptions. We don't know the, the full ins and outs, but we can all speculate. But for me, I just... I can't see Martinelli going anywhere. I expect him to play a big, big part next season. No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't see Martinelli going. I just. I, I just. Uh, it's it's I certainly a strange one. Yeah, why he doesn't get a space, Steve? Yeah. So, um, could I come in there, Mar- a sec, mate? Go on then, Steve. Sorry, sit back. Right. <laughs> sorry, stand <laughs> down, Steve. Sorry, Steve. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> because, no, because because this Martinelli and Albamiang thing is. It is is really important. It's really important because I still say that this summer is going to see massive changes in the Arsenal Football Club. Arteta's plans up his sleeve. I'm telling you now for, for nothing. I don't know that for definite, but I'd stake me mortgage on it, right? I'd stake me house on the fact that uh, there's massive changes coming at the Arsenal and Arteta's got plans. And Martinez could be really part of that. But the thing with Alvarez, and I just want to put it to the lads, right, Fergus? Even you, you can answer if you want. Um, Albamiang. Has he always been just a finisher and a real good finisher, a damn fine finisher that's worth his money because he finishes everything? But when that finishing deserts him, like, does it really show him up to be an average player in every other set? So his, his finish is gone and, and that's it. You don't get anything else out of him. I think you dropped off there for a second, but... um I think he's more than a finisher, uh, Trev, in the sense that I've seen him this season and last season, probably because we're watching, as we said, in lockdown and stuff like that. Uh, I've seen him going back and track back and doing an awful lot more defensive work. I've seen him in our penalty box, heading balls away and defending goals, etc. So I, I think he's more than just a finisher. He is an excellent finisher, by the way, and you are right on that. Um, Steve, thoughts on on the Abamyang, yeah. Martinelli, Balagon, head? Is he a finisher? Everything that's been just put up there. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, Aubameyang... You need to hurry up, has, by the way, my beer's running yeah, out. <laughs> Aubameyang <laughs> primarily has always been that, you know, a top, top finisher. It's it's the movement off the ball that he's always he's always had as well. The way he pulls defenders. Tony Tony mentioned, you know, how our defenders drop back now and, and it won't be out to run in behind. And because of that, this season you haven't seen the urgency from Aubameyang to change his line. And, and if if you know if the opposition fullback is dropping back, you know last season or the season before, Aubameyang would come in and he'd score those goals on his you know on his right foot, curling top corner. This season we haven't seen that. We haven't seen as much movement off the ball. We haven't seen him tracking back as much. Um, there, there's definitely something going on. I personally don't think it's the three hundred grand a week. Don't think it's the you know. Oh, I've got my money now. I'm 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 happy. Um, I think there's a lot going on outside. I think he's probably burnt out. You know, because last season he was phenomenal for us. He was really really good. Um, and I just think maybe there's a part of him that you know isn't dealing with the pressure of the captaincy. Does perhaps think you know I'm I'm trying to pull up trees and get us through games here and and really work my socks off. Oh, and now, I, 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 I don't believe that for a second, Steve. Sorry, he's not uh, a great but, captain because I don't I don't believe. No, 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 no I'm not not not. And, 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 and he's not pulling up trees. He hasn't been pulling up trees. And trees has gone about his hair. Not this season. I, I mean, like, I, what I mean is like last season. How many games did we get through because of a banning? He's not a captain. He shouldn't have got given the captain's armband. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying maybe there's a part of him this season that's thinking, last year I did so much. I've got this captaincy. And 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 maybe he knows that he can't live up to the expectations and that's bogged him down. No fans, everything else. I don't know. Um, but Steve, just just, just, just button into your, your point there. Look, Surely that comes down he, to application and desire again. Because the other day, Lacazette put a video up the other day of it, uh, training. Every single player is in their match or their training gear ready to go into training. And Abamyang's there, sort of strolling in, whatever. We don't know whether he's late. We don't know, but the 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 the, the, the signs he's given off, he's not great for a captain. You know, he's not setting no. a great example. No. Why they're all there in their not. training gear ready to go into training? Absolutely. He's turning up, Absolutely. you know, thinking he's fucking Billy Big Bollocks. Well, that ain't a great attitude for a captain. It's not. It's not no. acceptable On that- for a big club like. The Arsenal should be set an example. And I know Tony Adams, people go, oh, well, Tony Adams had his problems. Yeah, he did. But I tell you what, he damn made sure that on the field mm-hmm. he was doing his job. He, he led by example. Yeah. Yes, he had off-field uh, Look, problems. Right. But I tell Look. you what, when he Look. turned up, he was there and he was Mr. Arsenal. He was setting an example and he was leading by example. Forget about his off-field antics because he dealt with those. But he was leading by example on the pitch. A train knee was there. Off the field, we, mm-hmm. we can talk about. But him turning up late while every other player is in their training gear ready and while they're messing about, ain't a great example. Not just to, not just to the players, but the young kids as well in the academy. It's not a great example to be showing. No. Yeah, I think, Listen, I think like, on that... I, 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 Steve, hang on. I, I, right. I work in a, Listen, I've worked in a sales... And, two seconds, Trev, you can come in next. I've worked in a sales environment for years. I've managed people and so on. And as a manager, which I would equate to being a captain, I was always the first one in and the last one to leave. And you lead by example, and that's what a captain mm-hmm. should do. Uh, um, Trev, can you come in and say what you're going yeah. to say? Then Steve, say what you're going to say, and then we're going to finish up. Yes, sir. Listen, I've agreed with Tony twice now today. He's doing me heading. He's doing me heading. Arsenal captains have always <laughs> led by example. We've always had captains that led by example. You know, your Vieiras, your Adams, your McClintock going back before you young boys' time. And Albama Yang, 
with the example he sets from what Tony showed in the week, we, we all saw the pictures of him dancing around the changing room when all the rest, there may be a reason for that, but it is not the example I want to see coming from an Arsenal captain. And just while we're at it, earlier in the season when Alabama Yang wasn't scoring right, I put it down to us not creating enough chances. I thought, well, we're not, we're not being creative in the middle of the park. We're not. And, and so how is he going to score goals? But now we've got we've got the likes of Pepe, we've got Odegaard, we've got Smith Rowe, we've got Saka, right? And we've got Ceballos, we've got Thomas Party, all creating chances, all creating chances. I'm not putting the ball in the net. So I can't use that excuse for him anymore. And I can't work out why we haven't tried Martinelli in that front row. And I'm hoping it's what Tony said, that Martelli, Martinelli is part of the future not the present, because we're giving him the time. But I, I don't like Albamian as captain. I, I don't like yeah. it at all. I don't like the fact that he pushes the young lads out for television interviews. You know, it, it just doesn't he doesn't mm -hmm. scream captain for me. You know, that's, so, that's something right, that is great, Tommy, big time, because when we win and he scores, he's the first one out there to give an interview. As soon yeah, as we lose yeah, or yeah. something doesn't go right, he sends out one of the kids. And for me, that's not a sign of a captain. A captain should yeah. be there through win, lose or draw. You're out there first. You're giving it. Listen, if you win and one of your younger players is at success, give you know push him out. Let him have the interview. You, you let give him have them the chance. It, it should be the other way success. around. But you know what? When 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 we were struggling and losing games, me personally, even even at Saturday and Sunday league football, I'd be the first one out there to go. Do you know what? I'm the captain of the team. For both my team, I'm captain of the team. I, I, I'll take this. I'll take the flag, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you what. None, none of my players are there because my role as captain now is to protect my teammates. We're not delivering yeah. as a team. So why I'm leading the team, it's going to be me and my manager goes out there and face the, you know, the flag. I'm going to protect my teammates at all costs. Yeah. He doesn't do that. But you know what, Ryan? When he scored those couple of goals, he scored the trick against Leeds and the, oh. the goal either side of Leeds. He was the first he one out there. Me, you know, mm -hmm. he was there with me. You know, you know, one, one celebration, party poppers, and all that. Oh, here I am. I'm back. I'm back. Well, no, there's more to it than being back. It's about consistency. It's about application. It's about desire, and it's about your work rate. Yeah. Steve? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it. And I mean, so, the, don't forget, right? A good leader, <laughs> a good leader leads from the front. A good leader leads from the front. Hundred percent, all the mate. time, through good, through bad, through mediocre, through anything. The leader is the leader at all times. When it suits, not when it happens to be a good time, you can but go out and take the praise. A leader takes the flag, takes the praise, takes everything. But Trev, mm -hmm. before Steve gets in, um. Uh, Steve, you can even answer this one. We, we've had some bang yeah. average uh, cap, uh, captains in Kalasnia, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Kolshelny, Mertesacker, Vermeulen, Theo, you know, signed the team. Yeah. You know, it, it, and, 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 yeah, and, and Tony we've been in decline. And we've been in decline. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, and, 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 and Tony decline. mentions Tony Adams. You mentioned Saul Campbell earlier on, and 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 Vieira, and that's when we had captains, captains who were were responsible. Boys, just just to cut you up, do you think our demise at the club? You're going to cut Steve uh, off again, aren't you? Our demise at the club it coincides with the captaincy because as soon as Wenger started messing about with the captaincy after Vieira, mm -hmm. it's coincided with our decline at the oh. football club. You know, he gave Henri yeah. the captaincy because he was the best player. He gave Fabregas the captaincy because he didn't want to go to Barcelona. And it's happened now with Aubameyang. Our demise as, as, as a football club has, has coincided with that. The the significant, well, insignificance of the captain's armband. Arsene Wenger, you know, ruined the, 
what we all believe. And when you look at the McClintocks, the Rices, the Vieiras, the Adamses, it meant something. It was prestigious to have that captaincy. It meant yeah. a lot. But he sort of yeah. he ruined it a bit, didn't he? Yeah, I mean that, that's 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 what I was kind of kind of getting at before I was uh, interrupted so many times. Sorry, um, <laughs> sorry. Time you spoke up, Time you spoke the, up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the the Abamyang thing. I I I don't th- I don't think he's a captain. I don't think he he could handle that that leadership. And he was gi- the only reason he was given it, which is what I was about to get to, was because he was so good for us last season and he signed that contract. Just like you were mentioning there, the whole Henri, you know, got it because he was the best player than Fabregas, so he didn't leave. I think that that mentality, and, and we've said it for years, that, that mentality is still what we need to get out of the club, and that's been there for years and years. Um, so yeah, I think there's plenty, plenty of wrong, plenty wrong with Abamyang. Um whether that's mentally, you know, whether it's it's because of money or whatever. Touching quickly on the video, it, I think with that video, he'd just got back from international duty and he turned up that day just to do extra training. He wasn't due in, which is why he was there and everyone was like, oh, but, you know, and and so that's that's what I've seen, um, that he, he came back early and turned up for training just to, you know, meet with the lads and, oh. and get going. Um, and on Martinelli, I think I think Tony summed you know summed a lot of what I think is also the issue is that he's been told, look, you know, you'll get your chances, you'll get your chances as a centre forward. We see Arteta, you know, talking about how he's been training in front of goal, in front of goal, and he's been working on his physicality. I think he looks good when he, you know, and he came off the bench the last couple of times as a striker rather than out wide. And I think I think that's why he's not playing because at the moment Lacazette is playing there. I think when Lacazette's not playing there, we're putting Aubameyang there just to hope that we can get something from Aubameyang. Um, and that's why Martinelli's not playing, not because the manager doesn't rate him. I don't think it's that one bit. I think it's it's definitely because he's trying to get him into a position you, 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 where you think he they're trying to develop him in, into the prospect that he into is. a centre forward. Yeah. Steve, can can I get your score prediction? Because we we've won overran a little, and two yeah. it's a half hour before kickoff. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be two one, and I think uh, I think Firmino is going to going to score for them because he always seems to score against us, and I can't stand him, so he's definitely going to score. <laughs> I think we do one. Tony, what what are we going for, Tony? Something's telling me we're going to win tonight, and I don't know why, but I think we're going to win two one. Um, let's, let's dedicate a win to Rocky 2-1 um, yeah I'm going 2-1 uh, Trev you two are t- you two are full of crap you two are full of crap listen four right. nil. here we go I'll tell you four what's going to happen tonight right I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what's going to happen tonight Alabama Yang is going to shove our words right down our throats tonight right and he's going to score so. a trick Right, Odegaard is going to score the other one because he'll keep our mate Trolls happy in the chat if Odegaard starts <laughs> running. And we're going to win. We're going to win four nil. Right, you heard it here first. Get your money on. Right, <laughs> and then I'm going to sit here seven minutes into the game and do just what I would have done. If I was at the Emirates. I'm going to see oh Rocky because he's Arsenal. And we we haven't touched on it, Fergus. We can't end yet. We've got to have another minute because, right? It, this is why this is why I love Saka, right? Because we've had some great number sevens. I'm not going to name them all. I'm just going to make the comparison of Rocky and Saka. 
And there's a massive, massive comparison between Rocky and Saka. They've both come through the club, from the ranks, local lads, support the side. And Saka put on his Twitter feed, it was a couple of months ago now, but I looked it up and I shared it again this week. He put on his Twitter feed, Bukayo Saka, the young kid, right, put, sorry, Arsenal fans, you deserve more lost, right? And you know you won't what, Trevor, he ended you up... You won't get that from any other player in the Arsenal at the moment. You he will is... not get it. That boy is bleeds Arsenal. He ended up going on a run where he scored X amount of goals, got so many assists, and he was he was our best player by a country mile for probably a month or two after that. And it's almost as if he was he was one of us, and he thought, you know what, enough's enough now. I'll, I'll, I'll get, you know, take these games by the scruff of the neck. I'll lead the team. I'll, I'll deliver, you know, for the fans because I am a fan. Um, and it's yeah. sort of why yeah. fans can, um, you know, can, can sort of uh, resonate with these players. You know, they can sort of. They get where they're coming from because, you know, he's been at Arsenal Academy since he was about six or seven. You know, he's as close to one of us as you're ever going to get, you know. And he felt he felt what we were going through and he, he almost sort of single-handed. He said, you know, enough's enough now. I'm going to turn this ship around and, you know, I'm going to put it in the right or try and steer it in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, boys. He is the future of our club. I've heard some people saying this week on social media, right? People saying on social media this week, would we sell Saka to allow us to buy some beds, right? We should never sell Saka. We to, should to get buy Saka who? on a 10-year contract because he bleeds Arsenal. To buy anybody. This, I've read I've seen it on oh, social okay. media. Should we sell Saka to allow us? Who's that forward they're all going on about? Who's that forward they're all Arland. going on about? What's <laughs> his name? Ireland. We sell yeah. sackers by now. We've got the best player in <coughs> the country in playing in red and white, playing in that seven shirt. The best player in the country now and for the future. I'm going to allow you to carry on now, son, because it's nearly kickoff time. And I want another it cup of tea. Indeed. <laughs> right. boys, come on, let's get my, this wrapped up. I've got food my, to eat before football. Yeah, exactly. My beer's run out and I've had no food either. Um, Boys, thank you very, very much for joining uh, today. You have been watching an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans. All four of us on here. Four Arsenal fans. Uh, If you like what we do, go on YouTube, subscribe, go on Facebook, go on Instagram. You know where we are. We're not after the pound note. We're after just enjoying ourselves on here. Uh, Only one last thing to say. Uh, I'm predicting 2-2 and uh, up the arse. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.